Welcome to the Really Useful Podcast. My name is Christian Corley and joining me this week is Gavin Phillips. How are you doing, Christian? Hello. Are you well? Oh, excellent, actually. It's been a fabulous weekend and the start of a new week is here. Absolutely. It certainly is. And in this week's Really Useful Podcast, we're going to be looking at health and well-being and um, various topics, apps that can help you improve your health or keep an eye on your health and manage well-being and other advantages but most importantly we've also got an interview this week with dr angelica coleman of bloom uh, this is an app that will um, that can help you to diagnose uh, physical problems health problems and um, and then go and find the, the right type of assistance this sort of directs you to finding the right type of treatment for for you um, we'll be talking to her a little bit later in the show. Gavin, you, you live in a nice part of the world where there's lots of things to do outdoors, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Cornwall, as you know, well known for its, you know, swimming, surfing, uh, lots of walking and running and outdoors activities to be had. So we're, yeah. we're fairly well catered for in terms of being able to enjoy the natural natural world as it is yeah and it's quite similar for me if i if i, if I head south or west um if i head north i go into the sea and the same if i go east but if i, if I head south <laughs> or west um i too can enjoy various uh, pursuits i'm not a, a big surfer i'm more of a walker to be anything i do love a good old walk um but it's not always um easy to not only get out and do things but also when you're out there actually to assess what impact that's had on your body is it no absolutely so one of the biggest things i found personally when i first started trying to be more active and more more fit and more conscious about what i was doing with my body i guess it does sort of happen as you get older as i guess we are um you do want to keep track of those stats a bit more don't you how many calories have you burned how far have you walked and the impact that that's having on your overall level of fitness yeah, absolutely. Um, we've um, created a list of five virtual fitness challenges to improve your cardio workouts indoors and outdoors. These are all apps that you can use to um, challenge yourself and they also monitor your performance. Um, there's Miles on Android and iOS. There is The Conqueror and My Virtual Mission, which features virtual fitness challenges with medals. And there's BitGym for Android and iOS. This is a full screen, first person view of virtual runs and rides. And, uh, yeah, that can help you with your treadmill, cycle, elliptical or rowing machine or whatever it is you're doing virtu uh, indoors to uh, give you the atmosphere of being outdoors. There's Ambalco on the web for Android and iOS. And there's the Ironman Virtual Club on the web. Um, I haven't, I mean, I can just go outside and I'm virtually in the countryside already. But it's not this, if you're in the city, these, these types of apps are invaluable, aren't they? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I must say I've not used any of these apps, but uh, at various times I've signed up for another one, uh, which I would suggest called uh, Free Freeletics. I'm fairly sure it's available in the US as well. And it gives you uh, like a structured work 
workout you can do um, with all manner of, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, uppies, the, the whole thing. And you can sign up for the subscription service, which gives you access to um, like a proper trainer, which will give you diet work plans and all this sort of stuff. But having an option to do um, an app like that and the ones that you mentioned, Christian, are really helpful if you are not able to get out into you know the immediate countryside or, or getting out regardless is, is more of a challenge at least you have the potential to do something within your your local environment yeah absolutely who wants to sit and stare at a desk or a table or the usual gray towers opposite whilst uh, sat <laughs> yeah. on a uh, rowing machine or, uh, or or cycle uh okay hold on a sec There we go. There we That's go. probably easier for manipulation afterwards as well, isn't it? Yeah, the, 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 the Skype thing, I rarely use the Skype thing. On the occasions when I've had to use the Skype thing, it's, um, it, 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 I mean, it's difficult to manage because you've got to like, turn it into stereo and all the other stuff. Anyway, hopefully I'll spot that. Okay, so if you are trapped indoors or maybe you know, you're working at a desk and you're thinking, I need to get fit, but I have this deadline... You might be wondering if there are ways to keep fit at your desk. Now, I've tried a few things of keeping fit at my desk in the past for posture reasons, because uh, I'm quite tall and prone to getting a bad back from time to time. And I do find them really quite um, partially useful, but also partially frustratingly silly at times. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, doing sidearm stretches and things like that. And unfortunately, I, I do think that this is going to be the case with a lot of these things. We've got a list of seven exercise apps to help you keep fit at your desk. Now, I've used indoor exercise apps before and um, sort of practiced doing planks and things like that. And it's fine, but you can't actually do any work whilst you're doing planks. So things that actually keep you... I mean, you could, I suppose. It'd be really uncomfortable, though, and you'd probably not be concentrating on what you're supposed to be doing which might be an advantage it might be a disadvantage i wouldn't recommend it anyway so we've got this list of exercise apps that you can do to help you keep fit at your desk um there is office workout which is available for android there is 100 office workouts how can you beat that i, I mean i'm expecting 200 office workouts from the next app and uh, this helps you do things while stood sat in a chair stood behind the chair stood at your desk reaching over, all those sorts of things. Oh, no, sorry. Now, that one's for Android. This one's only five quick office exercises. But they are quick, and it includes neck stretches and side bends. That looks familiar. Um, we've also got office yoga for Android and iOS. Easy workout exercises on your office chair for Android. Seven-minute workout for Android and iOS. And Stretch It, an app dedicated to helping you stretch and improve your flexibility, which features classes and video demonstrations of stretches that cater to every skill level some videos are 15 minutes long some 30 minutes long some 45 minutes long and the app also has a subscription and a free seven-day trial um do you find that you're able to mix fitness going out and stuff with work without having to worry too much about exercising at your desk gavin 
I do try and make separate times for them, I must say. Uh, some of the some of these workouts, uh, like you said, once you start doing them, you're not going to be able to get much other work done, are you? No. I know when I was uh, sort of training to do longer runs, you know, sort of 10Ks and half marathons, that um, trying to strengthen my legs underneath the desk by sort of holding them out straight and stretching them at various angles All right. was, was somewhat useful. But in terms of actual you know actual exercise if you want to get your heart rate going and if you want to be sort of a bit more sweaty and getting to feeling fitter i don't know well i don't know how useful these these are but i mean if you've got 10 minutes to kill if you're like a programmer or a, a designer or whatever or, or you're maybe if you're on a, a long conference call or whatever and you mm. you know you have to sit in your chair because you're on the conference call, yeah. uh, you could you could get one of the exercise balls yeah. and sit on that. The exercise ball is actually really good for your posture in general, isn't it? So um, what, something you know, like that could be quite good. My wife used an exercise ball during both of her pregnancies, uh -huh. and um, so I, I have a kind of uh, that's why I identify it with. So I basically don't go near it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it could be quite. Good. I have a, a friend who, uh, you know, like us, works at his desk all day, and he's he switched out for an exercise ball and says it has helped his his posture. So, um, what, what while working? Yeah, while working. Yeah. So, oh he, wow. You know, he's got rid of his chair and he's how on big an is exercise it? Ball. It's quite a big exercise ball. Is it chasing down the beach when he tries to escape? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a re reference for the uh, older listener there. Um, <laughs> Now, it's 2021 as we record this, and it's kind of 18 months since things started closing down and people started retreating into their homes in order to avoid um, catching coronavirus. And there's been various um, impacts of that, and one of the key ones is how we basically, how our mental health and how we, how we adjust and react to the changes that have occurred since. Um, we have to consider that mental health is important as physical health. And we have a very interesting guide by Charlotte Osborne at makeyourself.com called The Best Websites to Help You Get Your Inner Strength Back After the Pandemic. Now, there's nothing heavy in this. It's a really nicely um, presented collection of simple, straightforward ideas. Uh, so you can meet others who share your interest or find and meet others who find your interest in various places. You can learn something new to boost your confidence. And um, you can maybe choose a um, learn a new language or even learn to program or any number of things. You can join a group exercise or fitness group. And how many times do you want to say group? I don't know. And to um, improve your serotonin, which is a very important um, chemical in the brain which um, helps you with your mood especially it's a good mood chemical and feel good yeah feel, feel good. good chemical yeah and uh, it's it's generally oh, it, i'm i'm surprised i didn't come across this article sooner we you know, obviously we publish a lot of articles on make use of so it's difficult to read everything but this is I, I love the way this is just it's presented as just simple things that you can do there's nothing heavy about this is it? it's just like just it's basically just do things yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially things like learning a new skill from from YouTube or, or whatever. There's so so many amazing people offering up their skills and time for free and offering them to you. So if you have like a passing interest in something and you feel like you could take it further, then uh, 
the resources are there, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so joining me now on the Really Useful Podcast is Angelica Coleman, MD, PhD, and Chairman and Co-Founder of Bloom Diagnostics. Uh, this is an innovative medtech company that has developed a smart diagnostic device for a wide range of medical conditions. Um, Angelica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, uh, many years ago, I worked in the UK Health Service, and we would occasionally get small presentations about the future of healthcare and quite often things like um, home diagnosis kits and video calls with doctors and all that sort of thing would crop up and we'd think hmm it looks good but and I was working in the technology department we're gonna have to do a lot of work to make that work obviously things have progressed a lot uh, in the intervening time how is this how is this possible now is it all AI is is there some other dimension to it? Well, um, AI is a buzzword, right? So everyone uses it. No one really understands what it means. Um, of course, some intelligence, some 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 smartness needs to be behind it. Otherwise, it, it's not progress. Uh, but just to 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 perhaps start a bit earlier, who would have thought thirty years ago that everyone would have a computer at home? If you would have asked someone. 30 years ago, do you need a computer at home? They would say, why? What do I need it for? I don't need that, right? So it's really a shift in um, thinking to understand that there, that new technologies are capable of offering a new quality of life, something you, you, you cannot even imagine now. So it takes people who have the creativity to imagine the future and who have the perhaps the perseverance to make it happen. And... Um, Certainly, every new technology also comes with new challenges. And, um, and that's why Bloom Diagnostics was founded, to bring the best possible product to the people, uh, to make their lives better, easier, to improve healthcare, and um, considering all challenges we have around that topic. Okay, so the device that, uh, that you've developed, what, what does that do? How does that work exactly in terms of giving right. one to a person and then diagnosing themselves? So first of all, perhaps I'd like to give you the vision we have of the future. Okay. The vision is that you wake up in the morning, you don't really feel well, you grab your smartphone, you, you open your Bloom app, ideally, you will, some questions will pop up, you will answer that questions, and you will be guided of what is necessary to do. For example, um, well, take a test. Uh, you might have an infection. Perhaps it's bacterial. Perhaps it's viral. Uh, if it's viral, there is not much you can do. Perhaps drinking a bit more of water. Uh, uh, if it's bacterial, you might need antibiotics. So take a test. And then you take a test. Yeah. And it will show, yes, you have a bacterial infection. The moment you get that result, the pharmacy you instructed in the app, which is the next to your home, will be informed and the antibiotic will already be on the way to you, right? Okay. So, and if you have a question, you have telemedicine, you can just press a button in the app and speak to a doctor just to be on the safe side. So this is the vision of the future. We don't need uh, to overload the healthcare system with all, uh, uh, you know, with simple questions which can be answered easily. And um, technologies today allow for huge steps here. So what Bloom decided to start was that testing part, also the questionnaire part. 
So basically what you can do at the moment, uh, we offer an, a growing number of single tests you can perform. For example, the ferritin test, the iron test, it's, uh, it will indicate if you have an iron deficiency or what many people don't even know, you may have an iron overload, which is relatively dangerous. So it is important to know how your iron is. And there are many, many more people with iron deficiency than we would think of, especially now with a growing number of vegetarians, vegans, etc. So what, what Bloom offers is you, you buy a test. Of course, you can do this online and you can do everything at home, but we also offer it in pharmacies. We just launched a, a flagship store, the Bloom store, which is something like the Apple store. Okay. So you buy a test, you prick your finger, you put a drop of blood on a carrier, you insert that little strip, which people today know from COVID, into our small device, which is a Bloom lab, and the Bloom Lab will make a measurement. And while the measurement, the, 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 the value is being um, searched, so what is your, what, what, what this marker, what value do you have at the moment? You will answer questions in the Bloom app, like a doctor would do. What are you feeling? Do you have pain? Do you have fever? Do you have, you know, and depending on your answers, new questions will open up. So that we get a very precise picture of what's going on. We will ask your, about your nutrition, um, et cetera, depending on, on the test you're taking. After 10 minutes, the value, the result is there. And this is combined instantly as in the brain of a doctor with the answers to your questions. So you will receive in real time a personal feedback, which could look like, well, you are male. Um, you do a lot of sports, you are vegetarian, your iron is low, and here are our recommendations. You, such nutrients have a higher level of iron. Um, it's not too low, so you might not need supplements, etc. So we will give a very, very personal feedback. Is there, I mean, does that reduce, can that reduce things like misdiagnosis or slow diagnosis? Um, I mean, of course, uh, every development is step by step, right? Uh, if you think of cars 50 years ago or, or computers 20 years ago. So we, as we're in the healthcare sector, of course, we, we always stay on the safe side. So we start with, um, we, we're not even allowed to make a diagnosis. We can only let people know that other people with their value and their symptoms have that and that, but we cannot say you have this and that, not yet. This, this is a question of, of, of development. Okay. Um, and we are strongly regulated. So everything we do is approved, even the app. Our app is approved as opposed to many others because we combine it with blood values. Okay. And we are always on the safe side. If anything is not right, we will always recommend to go and see a doctor. And we are sure that in five years, this will look very different. So what we tell a user is pretty safe because we're really starting at a level where, I mean, safety will always be, you know, high up, but uh, we, 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 we need to do that. And we do that, of course. Okay. Is there a, I mean, I'm guessing there must be a degree of sort of oversight from medical professionals in terms of what is delivered to the app? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, as the chairman of the company, I'm a medical doctor. And of course, we have uh, many medical doctors working at the company. And our two largest teams are the software team and the medical team. And 
they need to align so that any information which is then automatically generated and provided is medically 100% accurate, right? So all this, of course, we have all the medical team in the background, checking, helping develop, etc. Excellent. Um, and I assume there is some, uh, I shouldn't assume anything, but from what you've told me so far, this does sound like a very uh, professional, competent piece of software. Uh, patient data encryption, those sorts of things, that's pro probably a key element of making this work. Very important. Of course, the moment you're speaking about um, health data, you need to build trust from day one and you cannot risk uh, not having the trust of your users and your patients and your customers. So um, our data is fully encrypted, completely anonymized, and the only owner of the data, of the personal data, is the user, him or herself. Right. So everything is only available as a report and as the full data on the smartphone, on the personal smartphone, nowhere else. And um, the person, and we have uh, two different servers. So, like name, it may even be a you know you can use a, a, a fake name if you want, but your name and the information you give us, uh, personal information is on one server, and all then the medical data is on a different server, and all that is encrypted. And this is why it cannot even be hacked. You know, you it, it, it's very hard to 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 put that together, and we have no insight into that. We can never track back to a person. Uh, and this, we, we want to be a successful company. So this was key from day one to have all this implemented in the best possible way. Okay. How do you get to the point where using a tool like this is preferable to seeing a doctor for, particularly for older people who are more used to being able to see a doctor pretty much as and when? Of course. I mean, for older people, um, it might be a bit bigger of a challenge, indeed. Um, younger people today are used to having, having everything right here, right now. They don't want to wait. Uh, so they're used to, you know, if they want to book something, they go to their smartphone or to their personal computer and immediately they have it. If they have a question, they go to Google. They don't want to wait. Um, so young people are are... They, they understand it well. And of course, they are much likelier to, to accept a, a home diagnostic system than elderly people. However, we have tested uh, the, the system with people between 18, which is the minimum age at the moment for us to, to for our users, uh, to, I think it was 78. And even the 78-year-old people today are used to dealing with new technologies and they did super well. They performed our usability tests require people not to get any information from us. So they just, they're confronted with the system and they have to use it. And it, they did as well as 18 year olds. So this showed that the, 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 the development of the usability of all the, the seamlessness we, we try to implement was successful, meaning that people immediately understand what they need to do. And um, of course, not every 70-year-old has a smartphone, but I would say a growing number does have. And, and uh, that's the, the one requirement you have you need to, to have a smartphone. Okay. Um, so the app is called Bloom. Is it Bloom or Bloom Diagnostics? 
Uh, when you look for it in the app store, it's uh, Bloom Diagnostics. Okay. Um, but we I'm, call it Bloom app. It's our the Bloom app. Okay. I'm looking at it now uh, in the um, in the Android Play Store. So it's ready to use now, and and anyone can install it now and and use it for diagnostics. You can install it now, but you will need the tests and you will need the lab. If you don't want to buy the lab, uh, then you can go to. I mean, we don't have it in pharmacies in the UK yet, but we so we started in the the Dach, as it is called, region is Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Uh, here you can go and test. Um, and we're starting to to uh, bring it to market in the UK now. But so you need the app, that's the basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you will need, of course, the physical test. Sure. You can order it to your home. Uh, I have to make sure I'm not so, you know, the chairman doesn't know everything. I mean, we have the commercial team. So if uh, the, the website, the web shop is up and running in the UK, if it's not, it will be soon, but it may be already up and running. Um, so you can order it to your home and you can use it at home. And again, you mentioned uh, younger people, older people, where it is also interesting for older people is that um, some people need to monitor certain markers uh, because they have chronic disease. If you need to go to see a doctor every month, this can be a burden. And so in this case here, you would be able to monitor it at home and perhaps go and see a doctor just once a year. And you can, I mean, even for the doctor, it's a waste of time. You come, the doctor says, yes, everything is fine and you can go home again. So if the system can tell you and you you, you may be in touch with your doctor, you may share the information with your doctor, right? But you don't need to leave home. You can do it from home. So there are many advantages. That's excellent. It sounds uh, very interesting. And um at- an amazing development in uh, how we uh, experience healthcare. Uh, I you you were, you mentioned um, yeah obviously you mentioned Europe and um, the UK. What, what about for the United States? Is there a rollout plan for there as well? Yes, so uh, we are planning to roll out in the US. We're planning clinical studies. Interestingly, the FDA does not accept European clinical studies. They want clinical studies performed in the US, and we are of course preparing for that. Um, this is always associated with higher costs. And as you know, we're a startup. Uh, we're starting to make revenue, but still at low levels, uh, meaning that we have to make very smart decisions also in where to invest our money. And actually, presently, we're raising a new funding round exactly with the purpose of entering the United States. And we see that um, there is nothing alike. We think that we're the most advanced uh, company in, in this space. There's some other companies making developments, but we're the most advanced. We have a ready product. We have a very high level of, of customer satisfaction. Actually, we had some events over last weekend and um, there was people were queuing to test with us. It was like Frauenlauf, which is a female running event in Austria, which is very famous. And um, people were queuing. And the satisfaction was 100%. So they said, wow, I have the result on my smartphone and I, I, I knew something was wrong. And now I see mostly young women. Now I, I have uh, iron deficiency and I, I didn't know. So it's it's very interesting. And we're sure in the US it will be even a greater success because healthcare system, the system in the US is less, let's say, not as broad as it is in Europe. And uh, people need to pay much more out of pocket. 
Um, and although we see that insurance companies are interested in what we're doing, at the moment, um, it is not covered. So um, it will be a, a huge benefit in, for, 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 the, for people in the U.S. Okay, so that's, that's a little bit down the road for the U.S., but... Uh... Yes, next year. Excellent. Um, well, I think we found out everything we can for, the, for this. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Angelica Coleman, and um, good luck with Bloom. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great pleasure talking to you. So that's a useful app and service that you can use with, with testing kits in order to diagnose yourself and find the right treatment. And it's currently available in Europe, it's moving into the UK, and then, as we heard, into the United States uh, later on. Um, this is called, this is, this, is, um, this is known as telemedicine, basically. That's um, how it's been predicted to be uh, grouped as in the past. I mentioned in, in the interview, um, looking at uh, presentations about this some time ago, and it is, as I mentioned, interesting to see it come to fruition. But is telemedicine safe to use? Now, I spoke to Dr. Angelica Coleman there, and she was confident that Bloom certainly is free of any security risks. But medical industry does deal with a lot of sensitive information. And there have been security breaches from hospitals, hospital trusts, and groups linked to hospitals in the past. Um, well, we can be confident from speaking to Angelica Coleman that Bloom is safe. Other apps and services that come along following this trend may not be. Are you concerned think, about this, Gavin? I Yeah, I think at some point the wider discussion about the security of these apps needs to take place. As it, the telehealth and telemedicine industry becomes increasingly large, I think that I read it was now a $15 billion industry wow. based upon the back of uh, COVID-19. So it's really like massively expanded in the past sort of 18 months as more people turn to online and remote medicine-based services. That means putting a lot more data than we all or mean than we already do into the hands of apps and services that you have to entrust based upon what they say. But without knowing the history of these apps or who's developing them or what they're going to do with your data afterwards, mm. you're you're placing a lot of trust in these companies, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, it does seem to be. The way things are going. I mean, I, I read a statistic today in the UK that uh, GPs are working essentially a three-day week. Now, obviously, they're, they're not working a three-day week. They're probably seeing patients at the, the scale of a three-day week. But at the same time, um, I've, I'm also aware that, and again, this is a UK-based statistic, there are more GPs per person now than there were many years ago. And yet, it seems more difficult to see a GP than it did even 18 months ago. And it's all, and you know, in the UK, Gavin will know this. There's a, in in overwhelming majority of cases, you have to engage in a sort of eight a.m. lottery to see a doctor. If you want to see the doctor that day, and if you want to see them the next day, then you ring up the next day and try again. So it's not ideal. So there are advantages to telemedicine um, because it puts a lot of control into the hands of you um, using uh, you know artificial intelligence apps and what have you in order to, to assist with the diagnosis. But at the same time. You know, I can ring up my bank and go through security in an automated manner, then speak to someone who then wants to go through security with me. Um, 
would the same happen with a GP? Would you go through your app, diagnose yourself, then speak to a chemist or GP and have to go through the whole load again? Seems like a bit of duplication and a bit of a waste of time that way, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So if you end up having to, well, you'd sit in a queue anyway, wouldn't you? Right, yeah. <laughs> no matter what happens. Uh, I also, going back to that sort of call center vibe you, you gave there as well. So you phone your bank and you connect to a remote person. You've got no idea who they are, but no. they have your you know, all of the important financial credentials for your entire life displayed out on the screen. Um, healthcare is a similarly yeah. vulnerable thing, isn't it? It's a very, very personal thing. I would say even more personal than your finances. Um, would you necessarily want a random stranger in a call centre in your country, in another country, handling your personal healthcare data? I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't sit that well with me. I know in the US, um, people tend to have a more long-standing relationship with their GP as well, don't they? So yeah. they sort of have one throughout their entire life. It's not not quite the same here in the UK. You might used get shunted around used a few different ones. It did used to be, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you'd kind of lose that personal touch as well. You know, someone that's known you for all of your life is replaced by, you know, Adam who lives somewhere in you know god knows where so yeah it's, a, it's an interesting question it isn't, yeah it is um now obviously um when i spoke to um dr coleman uh she um assured me that uh data is anonymized so uh in terms of that from from that point of view and using their app then i think we can be relatively confident but as i said there's going to be lots of in uh, lots of companies springing up doing this sort of thing and it it is kind of a, a an infant industry that is ready to explode and so, yeah, as Gavin mentioned, there does need to be a sort of conversation about where this is going, how the data is going to be treated. And it's probably bigger than this podcast, that's for sure. Which, <laughs> which neatly brings us to the end of this week's show. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find all the information that we've discussed in the show notes, which will accompany this episode at makeuseof.com, at transistor.fm, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else that you can find a podcast. Until next time, it's goodbye from us.